With the podcast to HQ News, I'm Ant McGinley in the UK. And I'm Amy Jay from the US. And with our first story, as originally reported in Bloomberg, according to the Edison Research Company, of the current top 10 podcasts in the US, none have debuted in the last couple of years. None. Zero, zilch, nada. Not a one. And that's interesting because what that means is we're talking about veteran podcasts like the Joe Rogan Experience, This American Life, Stuff You Should Know. These are all podcasts that have been around for, for way more than a couple of years. I think the average life is seven years that they've been around. And if you take that a step further and you look at the top 50, only a handful have debuted in the last two years. So this is an interesting place to be for companies who are producing podcasts. They're finding that it is a very crowded market at this moment. And as a result, it's hard for them to find a hit, what they're calling a hit and what they're defining as a hit, I guess, in terms of revenue. They don't really call talk about it in um, in the article, but most likely looking at revenue generated from their podcast and number of listeners where as podcasts like the Joe Rogan Experience and others have been around for seven plus years, they have an established audience and all they're doing is adding new listeners to an existing base. Whereas new podcasts coming in the last few years have been trying to find their space in a crowded marketplace. And as such, companies spending millions of dollars are struggling with what they should be doing. And so I think this has all been very focused on companies and we've been looking at that. But I think there's an interesting parallel for independent podcasters like you and I to talk about here. And, and so when you hear that, and that companies don't are, are struggling because of a crowded marketplace, what is your thought about independent podcasters like you and me and those listening who are also trying to find their space? Well, there's a couple of things. I think the first thing you picked up on was what's the definition of a hit? And what they're looking at here is they're looking at in terms of the chart success, um, which is based on the downloads that come through. So that makes sense. You know, it's the top 10. But what's really key here is these are all established podcasts. And anybody who's podcasted before and podcast now knows how much effort it takes you to get new listeners in. Now, one of the best ways, and Edison Research have pulled up on this and a couple of other surveys time and time again, one of the number one ways for people to hear about podcasts is word of mouth. So somebody that's already listening to that podcast, recommending and saying, you should listen to this podcast. And so if you've already got 10 million people listening to your podcast, like some of these have, that's 10 million people that can do word of mouth compared to you might only have 100 people listening to your podcast. They may all love it, but you need all of them to be saying all the time, go and listen to your podcast to get that boost from them. And and the other thing to bear in mind is once you get to the top, you're, get, you're generating a lot more revenue. You've got bigger sponsors attracted in being part of your bigger guests all those things that add uh, to, to your, your your podcast growing, you want to stay at the top because you're now creating a revenue stream and you want that to stay and you want that to go. So I can imagine they're going to put a lot more of that money back in to what they're already doing. I think it's uh, important that that people listening and independent podcasts in, in particular understand this is like apples and oranges almost. The, the things that one that companies have are a bit different from the resources that you have. Right. So we're going to come back to is know why you are podcasting. If it's because you want to take on uh, Spotify for the best recorded podcast, know that it's going to take a lot of effort, 
probably a lot of money, but you could do it. You could absolutely do it if that was your reason for podcasting. But if your podcasting is to make an impact on your audience, then focus on that. And word of mouth increases, the revenue you generate for your own self will increase, right? That's where that's where you need to be focusing. Because I think sometimes we can get lost in what that means. There are a number of independent podcasters who are on the charts. And we've just been talking about the U.S. There are a number of hits in separate charts for other countries, like the U.K., like in India. The, everybody else has their own charts, guys. So, you know, we always talk about the U.S., and I'm from here, but uh, that doesn't mean you're not a hit where you are in what you're doing. Someone shared a statistic previously with me about the about uh, chasing dreams and how we are like, I think it was like the 2% of podcasts. And I was like, no way. That's, that's crazy. And then I think you were the one that told me there are like 2 million podcasts out there. Right. When you say 2%. Well, well, well more than way that. more than that. Yeah. Way more than yeah. That. So I, it, it, it depends who you're taking your statistics from. Right. Uh, so some people will put it at 2 million. Some people will put it at 4 million. Estimates are that, that during lockdown alone, another million podcasts were added. And what this is, this is a news headline for general consumption. Yeah. And it's focusing on just 10 podcasts for out of millions and millions out that are out there. And also there's a little bit of negativity about this headline, which I don't like, which is almost, you know, we, we saw this in the very early days of podcasting, people got very excited about it. And then other articles came along, like the various journalists did with the internet. Said, oh, this internet is a waste of time. It's never going to take <laughs> off. It's never going to do anything. And th this is almost a, I find this is a challenge actually to me personally, is to say it, it, it's a bit of um, an affront. And actually, because there's so many great podcasts out there yep. and there are more than I'm ever going to be listening, to, be able to listen to. There's more podcast content than there is content on Netflix, right? Easily, right? You know, still lagging a little bit behind what's on YouTube, but there's there's so much out there. And it's just, I, I would dare say that there are hits that are already out there. They just haven't have been given the exposure that some of these others have. I think I'm going to wrap it up with this, guys, is... There is space and place for you and your podcast. Just keep at it, keep working, and you can do it. Now, when you have your podcast, one of the things you want to do is get more listeners like everybody. And one of the new places you can start putting your podcast, especially if you're in the United States, is on Facebook. And why wouldn't you? Because Facebook has an estimated uh, 2.9 billion users. Uh, so just to even get a small slice of those uh, would be quite nice. However, uh, anecdotal reports are suggesting uh, that some podcasts that are being put on uh, the platform are being muted. Now, this is not censorship of what they're talking about. It's censorship of music. Uh, and so even people that are reporting that they own the rights to the music uh, are finding that those sections of their podcast are being muted on the Facebook platform, which, as you can imagine, makes it quite a difficult listen. Now, this is a subject that's come up time and time again, and you don't have to be in a room with a bunch of other podcasters long before the subject of music comes up. And it's quite a complicated issue, but at the same time, it's very simple. There's some myths out there, but uh, a fair use, particularly if you use 20 seconds, if you use 30 seconds, it's fine. However, uh, it depends on uh, who prosecutes you, 
which court, in which country they take you to, and under which laws. And the laws for this vary massively. And, of course, we all know musicians like to make some money, uh, especially as they're not making as much money from streaming these days. And uh, there was one podcast in America, a poker podcast, uh, which a couple of years ago was subject to a lawsuit of $6 million just in the initial instance. So we want to avoid that kind of thing. But um, why, why do you think that Facebook are doing this? Because... I don't think Facebook needs more money. It's not like they're going after podcasters for money. Why are they being so brutal in muting the music in people's podcasts, especially when you've taken time to choose the music and put it in the right spot of your show? It's not surprising. I mean, Facebook is probably just, it's it's like a cycle, and Facebook's the latest social network to kind of be doing this. Let's go back to YouTube. When they first started doing um having copyright claims and they still do and they would mark any and almost anything that they saw they would get flagged and so my podcast has over 200 some episodes now but when we started putting them on youtube we had over 100 on there and i started getting all of these emails about copyright claims all of them and i was like i'm using royalty free music this is okay this is you're allowed to do it and so i had to go through painstakingly and challenge each one and show the proof that the music in my intro and outro was royalty free. And after that, once we got through that hundred, they don't bother me anymore. They, they kind of marked what we do. And so they've flagged it. And so we're okay. But I think you're going to have to go through those painstaking growing pains of Facebook doing this because they're still learning. They're still working through this and figuring it out. Now there are services that can help you with this and they'll go through the, the fight for you. They will battle it out. One example is Epidemic Sound, not sponsored. Um, and they will, as long as you are a part of their subscription, they will fight that battle for you. They will connect on YouTube and recognize the license of the music you are using. And so I don't know if they have a Facebook connection just yet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next step where they go to make it easier for people to use their music in podcasts. Now, I, th I think this movement is part of Facebook trying to keep people within the platform because up until uh, they started giving this option, if you advertised your podcast, you had to then send a link which took them away from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So from Facebook's point of view, it makes sense to keep people in there. But then if the podcast is being played through Facebook, I think Facebook potentially would be liable um, for any rights to do with the music. So financially, it makes sense for them to just have this hard rule and mute it but it does worry me because it's only a few seconds but we have music on our show at the beginning and at the end which yep. you you sorted out that was that was your job to get the music you've got the music there now should i be worried are we gonna face um a, a, a you know having silence at the beginning of the show or the show being taken down it's possible from facebook or other platforms not from any platforms from facebook because of this issue so if we get flagged mm -hmm. on YouTube, we have proof of a receipt of royalty-free music that's used. So I chose the option of using royalty-free music versus customized music where someone creates it from scratch with no previous royalty-free music within, right? So if I had gone okay. custom, it probably would have been about $500 
to have an intro. So this is for a mu- musician to to create a piece of music yeah. for you. Yeah, and I, I, I looked into that. I have a guy, he's our audio engineer. He's wonderful, but we just started this and we didn't want to invest that much money into it just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we opted for royalty-free music, which is a lot less, right? Way, way less. You can find it in a number of sources. And so we're using that at the moment. But I have the receipts so that if we do get flagged and tagged, we can protect ourselves. So that was the key. Okay, so your options then, if you are an independent podcaster, uh, is that if you're going to use music, pay for it, uh, particularly if you want to use a commercial track. Now, just bear in mind, it's not always straightforward. Even if you pay for it and you have the license for it, the license may not cover podcasts. It may not cover every uh, territory in the world. And even though you've got those things, as Amy experienced, uh, they may still uh, err on the side of caution and remove the podcast um, for maybe 30 days or longer, um, which on the scale of things isn't isn't a great deal. But if you've done a lot of this publicity for your show and then it, take, it disappears and takes you 30 days to come back, your next episode is probably going to be out by that point. Uh, so your second option, as uh, Amy was highlighting there, is to look for music that's royalty-free uh, or something like Creative Commons or Public Domain. This is music uh, that is over 75 years old. It's freely available and, and you're able to use this, similar to other works of art as well. Uh, the third option is just don't use any. If you can, If you can manage to... Actually, on the scale of things, you've got one less thing to worry about. However, right now, it's time for us to risk the wrath of the music gods as we play our outro. Spot on, Ant. Let's take that chance. So with that, I'm Amy J. And I'm Ant McGinley. Till next time, keep podcasting.